Let's turn our attention to God's word this morning. We're returning to Mark's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 29. Mark's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. I want to speak this morning about facets of the servant's ministry. Facets of the servant's ministry. You know, John Mark presents to us a very busy Savior. And Jesus covered more ground in the first day of his Galilean ministry than some of us cover in our lifetime when you study it. Mark also presents to us many facets of the Savior's life, showing that he was fully man. He was practical. For those who think that the Christian life is a life of ease and convenience, I have news for you. The opposite is the case. In fact, the prophet Amos said, Woe unto those who are ease, at ease in Zion. Zion is the name of the church that trusts in the mountain of Samaria. Samaria was the place where there was false worship which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Now Israel was smart. They would worship God on the Sabbath and they will visit the gods of Samaria in the days of the week. And God says woe unto them. Zion had become an unfaithful hub, a routine ritual that many trusted in. The church had become like that. John Mark shows the intensity and the consistency of the servant's ministry with the frequent usage of the words immediately, forthwith, as we see here, straightway. These are words that denote action. But this hour, I want to list four of those facets of the servant's ministry, using our Lord as an example. It's a practical message this morning. It's practical, very practical. In the context of our study of God's word, I will be given implications and applications from the context that is applicable to our ministry here. Looking at the servant's practical ministry, second, his public ministry, third, his private ministry, and fourth, his priority. After considering these items, we'll conclude with a few thoughts. Very practical ministry, my message today. And when we speak of the servant of God, I'm not limited 
limiting the word servant of God, the servant, the facets of the servant's ministry. I'm not limiting this to Jesus. Yes, Mark is presenting to us Jesus as the perfect servant. He's not only the son of God, but he's the son of man with all the feelings and the restraints of a man. But we are speaking of the Christian who is also a servant. Acts chapter 2, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Do those who are called the particular office of stewardship are servants. Those who are called in laity are servants. Um, they may be in the secular realm, but we are servants nonetheless. So let us look first at the servant's practical ministry. Verses 29 through 31. Verse 29 says, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. The text says, forthwith, same sentiment as immediately. No time to waste. After the Lord's rendezvous with the Jews in the synagogue, where his doctrine faced opposition, after he triumphed over the opposition, the Lord moves from the synagogue to the house of Peter and Andrew, where he will attain duty. Jesus was practical. He knew the circumstances in the disciples' home. He know what is going on in our homes and came to engage in practical ministry, the healing of Peter's wife's mother. The texts rule out Peter as being the first pope, as many say, because Peter had a wife. Very interesting. Therefore, the teaching of celibacy is a dangerous doctrine and has produced more homosexuals than anybody else. Nonsense. Every man has his own gift. There's a needful application from our text where the Lord Jesus came to the home of Peter and Andrew. Now in our day, many have become so close in their privacy, that the Lord Jesus may not be a welcome guest in their home. The doors of their hearts are shut tight. This is practical. The Christian's life and home should always be conducive to the Lord's presence, as we see here. He should always be a welcome guest in our home. Oh, the day of the Lord is not going to appear on our doorstep. Don't look for that, as he did here. But he may have servants appearing on our doorstep, and they should be welcome. So let's be practical. Well, look for him to come and knock on your door. He doesn't. But he might send somebody to knock on your door. So there's a, a practical lesson. The book of Hebrews reminds us, do not forget to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. 
like Lot. You can welcome the Lord when you talk about his wonderful works to your children's children. Declare his goodness in your own life at home. This is what I'm inferring. Christians are to be practical with their theology. The Lord Jesus, though he was God, was very practical. Went into Peter's house. Note verses 30 and 31. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon, this word anon means right away, they tell him of her, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately, here's the word again, the fever left her and she ministered unto them. There are two, two thoughts that are born out of this context worth mentioning. Verse 30 is translated a little different in the New King James saying, but Simon's wife's mother they are sick with a fever and they told him about her at once i think that's the better and more accurate translation the they in view who told jesus of simon's wife's mother are those whom jesus earlier called to be disciples where he said i'll make you fishers of men the disciples will now learn what it means to be fishers of men. And the first principle we can learn is that the disciples of Christ did not waste time. They told Jesus at once. And many times, prayer is the last resort for some Christians. In fact, prayer meeting now has become obsolete to some members of the church. They don't value seasons of prayer. Many times people try everything, seek counsel from everyone, but the Lord Jesus. The songwriter puts it well, tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You have no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. And trust him. It's a lesson on congregational prayer. The other thoughtful insight to consider here in Peter's home is that those whom Jesus ministered to privately and individually will minister to others openly. You pick this up in the text, don't you? It is a practical message. Many who say they are blessed by the word never do a lick to bless others with practical duties in the ministry. As much as there is to be done in the setting of our church, I do not see how many people can how many people can't see what can be done to the edification of others 
and the glory of God. It, it is beyond me. As many things to do in our church. It is beyond me how many don't see those things that are to be done. As I sat there and look up, two light bulbs are burning. And we need to call these things out because you and I ought to be practical in our faith. Simon's wife's mother was no sooner recovered before we read the sentence and she ministered unto them. People recover and they linger, they linger, they linger. Pay attention to this. And she ministered unto them. The Lord said, Inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Jesus was in the synagogue where he faced opposition, but he moved from there to a private place and ministered in a practical situation. And Christians should not only be doctrinally sound, that's in the head, we should be practically useful to other people. Our hands and our feet should be at God's disposal. Person is not saved to go to heaven. God didn't save us to carry us to heaven, but to be useful on earth. Jesus is our example. This is a practical principle. We're told in Galatians 6, 6 and 7, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man saw that shall you read. It's talking about practical sowing, not like what the charismatic say, sow a seed and give me $2,000. No. So we all have a responsibility to be gracious to those who minister to us. I like what the Anglican Bishop, the old Anglican Bishop J.C. Ryle said as he picked up on this text and I quote him, he said, those who he justifies, he also sanctifies. He also bestows a new heart when he grants free forgiveness of the past. He also grants strength to minister to him for the time to come. The sin-sick soul is not merely cured and then left to itself. It is also supplied with a new heart and a right spirit and enabled soul to live to please God. Jesse Wright. Through his devotion, he has a volume on the Gospels that are useful in Bible study. So the church is not only comprised, brethren, of people with a redeemed soul, but the church is also comprised with people with broken bodies, like Peter's wife's mother. Jesus took note of this. Went to her home of Andrew, Peter, James, and John accompanied him, not for fellowship, but for labor. Pray. And we ask you is your life centered upon yourself? Maybe a few family members? 
Well, I think you have missed the meaning of the Christian life. There are many who walk into our path that need to hear. There are many who we talk to that need to hear practically. There are many who come to our church that you may not see tomorrow at another church service. Just look at how the way things are going. There are many unsaved people that come to our church that you may not see at another church service. We should be practical in our faith. So this is my first consideration from the subject. Facets of the servant's ministry. Jesus was practical. Said in Hebrews chapter 10, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. The only thing God has in us, in our church to work with, as I was telling Brother Colin yesterday, is our body. If we stuff all kinds of carbohydrates and fats in our bodies and sleep three hours a night, what do we have to use for God in a practical way? And we should listen to practical theology. As Jesus was, God can use our heads, but it is often our feet and our hands that are practical. Second point in this facets of the servant's ministry is the public ministry of the servant. The public ministry. Let's look at verses 32 through 34. And at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. Now, the Lord may have been out of the public's eye at this juncture, but wherever he was, that place became a public forum. He couldn't hide. Remember the text says that Jesus went into the house and he could not be hid. Servant could not be hid. And sometimes we think that we are in a private setting in our home and therefore we are not about to do anything public. Not so with Jesus. This does not mean that we should appear on the minister's doorstep uninvited for a sermon. I'm not saying that. We're told that they brought unto him the disease and the demon possessed. In the spiritual context, we are being reminded that the church of the Lord Jesus should have a concern for the lost souls within orbit of God's community. You know them just as well as I do. You should grieve just as much as I grieve. You should pray just as much as I pray. I'm serious. Sizable amount show up when the spiritual meals are served. But how many show up for outreach? How many? Is this going to go on throughout this ministry? How much is given towards missions? How much come to labor in prayer? We have a situation that need our attention. The disease and them possessed with devils back in those days were literal. 
Today, the disease and those possessed with devils are spiritual. People are possessed with entertainment, with perversion, with the social platforms. These are the things that possess many Christians. As poor as Africa is, everybody driving a car with a cell phone. I don't I don't know what's so spectacular about this piece of this piece of thing. The youngest child, I see this child walking up an unpaved road, a dirt road in Chuma. Headphones in the air, iPhone in their hand. Possess with these outward things. And this is what I'm bringing to your attention. Those sicknesses are spiritual. The psalm reminds us, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things. The good things is the word of God that he satisfy our mouths with so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. What does the eagle do? Well, he soars. And that's what you and I are called to do. The diseases the psalmist has in view is our sins that he heals us from. The destruction we are redeemed from is the eternal wrath of God that threatens our souls. That's why the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. As Mary sung that same hymn about my soul magnifies the Lord. In Matthew, the companion passage in Matthew 8, 17, the prophet, the, the writer quoted from Isaiah 53. So, you know, it, 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 this verse, when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and cast out the spirits with his word and heal all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Charismatic people like this verse because they only interpret this as physical. They are wrong, of course. You never attach a physical dimension to interpretation of the scripture. You will be wrong. You've heard me say this several times. It's apparent that those who brought these disease and possess to Jesus is teaching us another practical lesson. The church's ministry should be concerned about public ministry. The Lord moved from beyond the walls of the synagogue. It was a discipline the Jews failed to practice. It is a, it's a discipline that should be in, in the Lord's people. We are not isolated in a building. 
teaching us a powerful lesson. Verse 33 and 34. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And cast out many devils. And suffered not the devils to speak. Because he knew them. The great omnipotent Savior knows all the unsaved. He knows all of them. The devils knew Jesus, not in a saving way, but they knew of him. It is like many in churches today who may be able to preach like Peter. They know about Jesus. Demon cried out back in verse 24. Leave us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Unconverted man knows very well who Jesus is. But they want, they would not submit to him. They want to rid themselves of him. So all the theology we learn in our heads cannot really help anybody, cannot save anybody. And this was the outcry of the prophet Isaiah, the Israel of the past, when he said, you remember, I think it was Isaiah 58, is, this, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you may break every yoke, is not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When you see the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Think of the, think of the, 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 the story with the Samaritan, and the, I, I may allude to that, uh, who passed by and saw this man and went by on the other side and Samaritan passed by and stopped and assisted this man. Well, this is a spiritual lesson also. Good doctrine is fine, that's what I'm saying, but practical living is better. It is not what our Savior taught alone, but what he did. I was alluding to this good Samaritan. The word good is not even in the text. The Samaritan was Jesus. The reason why he's called a Samaritan is because he was despised by the Jews. He made a detour from his regular schedule. He used his own resources. He used his own mode of transport while the religious people looked and looked off. Aren't these practical lessons? Well, you better believe they are. He preempted his schedule, the Samaritan. He didn't do as the priest and the Levi who was hurrying to church. Preempted his schedule, used his resources. Not only that, he promised to pay the expenses. So Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Peter where he ministered. After Peter's wife's mother was restored, she ministered. 
she typifies a life that was touched by the Savior. So we saw the Lord's public ministry where many diseases were brought to him. He healed them that were sick. It's meant to teach a spiritual message. We come to our third facet of the servant's ministry, his private ministry. The private ministry of the servant. I want to talk about this a little because it's very interesting. Verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Jesus had a private life, as you can see. Early in the morning. Now, the, the, the day was very busy. And as busy as the Lord was the day before, he had time for his own personal soul. The average person has much time for regular duties. The average person in the church. They prepare themselves for regular duties. And this is all well and good. But not much time for private spiritual discipline. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? No time for private, intimate devotion and talking to God before we left, leave the house. None. It's no wonder that our spiritual lives reflect what is being seen. It's no wonder. No devotional life. If it is, it is some rush, rush something. Oh, I did my penance. I may have you to know that Jacob was left alone and he wrestled with God and his life was never the same. Jacob was left alone it was a moment of truth for Jacob. And those moments that you and I spend alone should be useful. It's no wonder our church is the way it is. Very little interest in prayer and disciplines of the Christian faith. How is your private life as a Christian? Do you have many idle hours at hand? Charlie? Do you have many idle hours on your hand? Do you have many idle minutes given to leisure scrolling through the social media platforms? I've seen men, all they're doing is scrolling through this little small car. Are you like that? Talking this morning about practical Christian living as I see in the Lord Jesus. You see, his practical ministry, his public ministry, his private ministry, he had time for himself. What we are in private, alone, is what we really are. What we are when we are by ourselves is what we really are. The sitcoms, 
Sometimes it is good to go into the hospital or the nursing home where people are alone. You see what they really are. Wonderfully, there's one lady that we go to see, and whenever we go, the Bible is on the bed. Others you go, TV is blasting. What you and I, what we are in private, is what we are. No, I'm not saying that you're going to read a Bible 24 hours a day. I can't do that. My eyes would get burned out. But you're not going to come at my house in the prime of the day and see me or my wife idling. We need in this church a good dose of repentance and salvation. Whoever fooled us before, we need to forget. And be practical. What I am, when no one is looking, what floods my mind, charms my feelings, satisfy my flesh, is what I am. Someone says that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Learn from the supreme example, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, Wow. This was after a day of public ministry. And how does my day begin? Does it begin with the box scores of the previous night? Checking out the scores. Let me see what's happening in West Indies cricket. Let me see what happened in the Major League last night or the NBA. Is that how we begin? Not Jesus. He prayed. Does it begin with a morning horoscope by Anlanders? Is there preparation for the day's battle with the evil forces in this world? Is there preparation? Is there petition to God for help before the Sunday sermon? Is it a prayer for the pastor that he will be faithful? how you begin. We'll never make it as Lone Rangers. Never. The psalmist says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. This tells me that a Christian cannot live off for yesterday's oil. Need fresh oil. Every day. You may not be able to to do it precisely at the same time you did it yesterday. And sometimes when you do that, your day is done. It's most miserable. God is saying something. And we here, brethren, need to be practical in our Christianity. Every person cannot rise up early. We have different schedules. But do not tell me 
that days and probably weeks go by and there's no private devotional life. Don't tell me that. And as I said, it is no wonder that our public ministry to this church is the way it is. How we come. No eagerness. Let me tell you, routinely, every Saturday and Sunday morning is the same trend. But the koozie learning. Get up out of your bed early. By 8.30, come and sit down with me in the chairs. Because I'm praying for the day's ministry. I'm reading for the day's ministry. They learn. And a quarter to nine, we are out the door. I don't need no hindrance. I'll leave you. Preparation. Is this only true for a minister? See where you have people following you. And I'll get to that. They see you and your example. Do you rush off by the off meeting? Putting all your tie at the door? Forget the prayer. We need to hear these practical messages. Let's forget the theology of the Christian life. You see, when you do that and spend time with God, it is God's spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God and then heirs of Christ and join heirs with Christ. That's where we get assurance in the word. Time, quiet time of meditation. It's no wonder our church and our lives is the way it is. What you see here ain't happening by accident. The falling out. The sporadic attendance. It's not accident. Private minister, ministry of the soul. Put my finger on it. How do you know? I know. I will take a census now and go around and begin asking you, if you're honest with me, what book of the Bible are you studying? What book are you reading? Yeah, who is that? Oh, you're reading one? Yeah. Oh, good, thank you. Take that census and go around. You know which book I'm reading? Ezekiel. Let's go on. Children of God will communicate with their Heavenly Father because we are no more slaves but sons. And because you are sons, God sent His Spirit crying, Abba Father. The Lord Jesus had a private life, a private time of prayer. Prayer came before work. Verse 36, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. Mark 1, 36, And Simon and they that were with him with Simon, followed after him. Small thought, good habits can become very catching. So are bad habits. The best way to lead people is by example. Jesus went to a solitary place and there prayed. Others followed him. 
Now, now I know this can mean that they came behind him, but there's a spiritual message. We are not so much interested in the immediate application from the context as we are in the spiritual lesson that is implied. Believers are to follow the example of Jesus, the servant of God. He sets the example for others to follow in their private ministry, in their private lives. The others followed. And let me ask a question. Do others find you praying? Do your daughter see you praying and calling her by name? Or all she see you is rushing out the door for work and then coming back the night to sleep? There's no wonder our church is like this. I'm serious. Whoever we get this from, we need to forget those. We need to reform our lives. People would follow you. It's a lesson. As a matter of fact, we are commanded to follow the Lord Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do others see you praying? Your wife know if you have a routine. My wife know not to disturb me. She know what I'm doing. And I know not to disturb her when I see her make a beeline for upstairs. Do you have, a, do you have that? What kind of Christian are we? You need to forget the theology and think practically. Frank is coming here, he's coming again. He ain't gonna tell you these things. He might be listening to me. Do your children and grandchildren ever find you more on your knees than in front of the TV? Watching with Manchester United. Who's he like? Liverpool. We even see cricket down there at that point. No, no wonder our church is suffering. What I am in private is what I am. So, brethren, we saw the practical ministry of the servant. And the believer's life is practical. We saw the public ministry of the servant of God. Ever willing. Ever willing to serve. We just saw the private ministry of the servant. A devotional life. Come to our final head. We see the priority of the servant. Of God. Verses 37 and 38. When they had found him. They said unto him, All men seek for thee. He said unto them, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Priority. The Lord did a lot of things. Cleansed the leper. Raised Peter's wife's mother. Still the demons. But never forgot what was priority. Good many Christians have lost their priorities for things that they deem expedient. The preaching of the word. Not only the preaching of the word, the hearing of the preached word is a priority. All kinds of things we get involved in. 
All kinds of things we see is priority. But the preaching of the word. The preaching of the word is here every Sunday. The Lord Jesus gives a clue to a person who preaches the gospel also. We are told in the previous verse that the disciples followed him. Now this is a great insight. The Lord went into a solitary place to pray. And Simon and the others followed him. But the Lord was not sidetracked when they came to see him. Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Times is, it's time to get off your knees. He came to preach. The Bible says in verse 2, And he preached in their synagogues throughout Galilee, cast out devils. Came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. So brethren, Mark presents many facets of our Lord's life and his ministry to show us that he was fully man, touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was practical with his disciples to teach us that we are, we are to be practical. He was not antisocial. He visited the home of Peter. And it shows that our home should be always accessible to the Lord Jesus, not isolated. We saw his public ministry, how he attended to the needs of others. We saw, most importantly, his private ministry. He did not neglect his own soul. There were things that came before work. He had the discipline of prayer in his life. He had a quiet time. Did not read his Bible on the subway. People, oh, I had my quiet time. I had it on the subway. Oh, you know, sometimes when I'm on the toilet, the commode. I, that's when I, it's not quality time. That's rote. It's not the place to do it. The fragrance in there ain't that great anyhow. Need a better place. For us today, I conclude by saying, the Lord's day will end today. But what about our personal, private life? Is there time to reflect on our relationship with this Savior? Is there, is there time to reflect on it? Or are we going to be mad talking in the foyer now? about mundane things. Think about what I say today. Reflect on that. The Lord touched Simon's wife's mother. She got up and she served. She didn't mourn and prolong. She served. When the Lord restores one to spiritual health, he motivates them to do spiritual things. The Laodicean church had many who said they were alive, but they were dead. They were not motivated to do anything. 
let this not be said of the City View Baptist Church. When the Lord touched the leper, touched two people. When the Lord touched the leper, he charged him and forthwith sent him away. This doesn't mean that he sent him home. He sent him away. He told him to be quiet, keep silent. Don't say anything. Don't disturb my progress. Don't bring down the wrath of the Jews on me. Verse 45 says, but he went out and he began to publish it, to blaze it abroad, insomuch that Jesus could not do any more openly. Couldn't enter the city, but was, was, was without in desert places. They came to him there anyhow. Now, in this context, I close, in the moral setting with this man that was healed, he was wrong for disobeying his Lord. Obviously, the Lord forgive him of that. But in the spiritual context, he did exactly what Christians ought to be doing. He was wrong in the moral aspect of the text. Should listen to Jesus. But in his excitement, he did what every Christian would do. Serve his Lord. So I have shown you this message without neglecting Mark as a practical outworking of the Christian life as seen by the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father, we give you thanks for the help that you have granted us over the few minutes that have passed. Oh Lord, we pray that you will strengthen your servant. We have another ministerial duty later this evening. We pray for our people. Lord, we pray that you will bring our people in their places to hear your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.